Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw. First and down. And Raja Bell. Saw the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. What is going on? Happy Friday. Welcome to Cannell and Bell with Danny Cannell and Raja Bell. It was a great day yesterday. We're going to get to the Masters. We're also going to get to Kyrie Irving. Uh, no longer uh, going to play anymore at all this uh, season as the Celtics decide to shut him down after knee surgery. Connor McGregor goes ham. Connor. And it was incredible. Uh, I can't believe. You sound like it with, with your sick boys. Yeah. She sounds old as kicking my butt. I, can't <laughs> I love it. Silly. We're going to get to Tebow. I can't believe you put that in there. Debo, Bama versus uh, LeBron James. More of that. It's I don't know. There's Tebow a Bama time. story. <laughs> Tebow time. And RG3 gets signed. So we're going to get to all that. But first, it was all about Augusta. It was yeah. all about the Masters yesterday. How did you consume it? Were you like dialed in every single shot? I, I watched the live stream from, uh, I mean, I picked what them up. What you can do no, right actually, here at CBS got, Sports HQ. Yeah, I got him on a T. I got him on a T at one, and I didn't intend to watch the whole thing, but I did. Yeah. I watched him. I, I had to pop out here and there to get something done, but for the most part, I watched shot for shot. I was dialed into. I actually watched him warm up on the range. Oh wow! Uh, and he looked great yeah, on the range. He was striping it. Unfortunately, he didn't look so great on the course, but I think look, he's in a good spot. Yeah, I think he's in a really good spot. I, I don't think you can. You can't. Obviously, you can't win the Masters on Thursday, but I think you can lose you it. You can lose it, and I think he's still in a good position. He's not in a great position. He's in a good position. I, I agree, and I think like his post his post round press conference uh, when I was like looking into his eyes, trying to get a little trying to get a little feel for where he's at. He was good with it, like realizing that you don't birdie any of the par fives there. Like he's got to birdie the par fives. Mm-hmm. He these younger guys. I've said it before. These younger guys seem to be way more. <clears throat> excuse me, pin hunting. Like type of players and Tiger. Tiger's like course management. Like he wants to miss in the right spots, tear up the par fives. So if he's not going to do that, he's going to be right around even par or one over, uh, unless something spectacular happens. So I think he's in a decent spot. You know what I thought when I was watching him play? I thought he was a little bit nervous. Like, and like that's a good thing. I think, but yeah. I think his nerves affected him. We did the over under on whether he would hit the fairway on one. I thought he would take out three wood. You know, control it so he keep it in the fairway. He hooked it left into the woods. It was a three wood. Right, with yeah. the three wood. It still like went down because he wanted to try to control it. He is struggling big time with the driver, which he's been doing this whole time, but it's gotten him into more trouble at the Masters. So what do you, I, I really thought it was big and it was like 17 to 18, he piped two drivers. Yes. I thought that was really, I thought that would go a long way for him coming into today. I think you could be right. Cause yeah, I think it could be that confidence booster where he gets it going. Uh, and and finds his game and could make a run today because he's got to he's got to get within six or seven shots, yeah. uh, you know, and be in that striking distance going into the weekend. And then if he could put up a big number, that'd be huge. Uh, you know who isn't the leader who has actually been lights out is Jordan Spieth. He's been incredible. I watched some of his round. He finished at six under. It was as clean around as you could get. He's composed almost. Like, I look at him like there's no way this guy is as young as he is. Right. When he, the way he handles the pressure, the way he talks to the media, like all of it, he was super dialed in, uh, which he's, Augusta, some guys like get a good feel for a course. Yeah. And they're locked in. Did well, you ever have an arena that you shot in that you felt better, like visually? Um, uh, trying to, yeah, it's a tough question, but yeah, I like, I always shot well at Seattle when we went to Seattle. Um, why? I don't know. The lights were better. It was just, <laughs> but it might be like seriously, like it might be better something ambience. that no, but like their perception might be better. There are certainly arenas that I shot bad in, right. like the old uh, what what they that call the sense. San Antonio was it Hemisphere or whatever. Any big cavernous building that had that you couldn't see the seats behind, and there was like we went to uh, Syracuse and played in the uh, Carrier yeah. Dome. Yeah, 
I was awful. Couldn't shoot the ball. <laughs> yeah. I know, real, real talk. Like the depth perception really threw me. But in terms of arenas that I shot great in, I, I'm not so sure which ones. So Jordan Spieth, obviously in a really strong position. Are you familiar with the Tony Finau story? Yeah. Like, how about this dude? So he goes out in the par three tournament. His kid is right behind him watching. He hits a hole in one, and he's running down the fair, like celebrating with the backwards. crowd, running backwards. And it is hilly up there. I, yeah. I think, like, how could you just trip as a golfer, like, non-athletic? But it is really super <laughs> hilly. <laughs> so he rolls his ankle, but not only just rolls it, it pops out of place. <gasps> it was disgusting. Oh, it's dislocated, yeah. He's caught in a heap, and immediately he goes over and clicks bad. it back into place you know, and finishes the par three tournament. They didn't even know if he was going to play, and then here he is in second place you know after what? the first round. You know what kind of – I should have picked him because I had a good feeling, like – He's one of those dudes that could just overpower. You say people can overpower Augusta sometimes. Like he is, he hits the the mess out of the ball. My buddy Mehmet Okor, uh, out in San Diego plays a lot of rounds of golf with, with Tony Finau and family. And so, uh, like I get to see him on Instagram a lot and, and stuff like that. But what kind of tough dude do you have to be to just look down at that ankle and just reach down and pop it back in place like that? It almost looked like it happens to him like on the regular. You so, have to be used to doing that. I got the scoop for it because right. I watched his post-round uh, interview, and he was on with Scott Van Pelt. Yeah. And Van Pelt asked him these questions. He said – so he was talking about it. He said the reason – he said it never happened to him with that ankle. He said he plays a lot of basketball and he right. sprains the other ankle. A he said sprain he's never, is one thing. Right. But he said, so he said he sprained ankles. He's never had that happen. He said when he went down – he was embarrassed because he didn't want to be the guy that like yeah. that gets in front of a whole crowd. So he said it was kind of like he just looked Adrenaline down and took just over. did it and That's just so popped awesome. it back into place. Because I think most guys would just left it there and like you're sitting there with it out of place. So he said, and then he said he like played it off like one of those things where you trip and you try to act just like you didn't trip. That is so dope. So he was walking back. That's and, a bad dude. Oh yeah. So yeah. and the, but he had to have an That's MRI insane. the morning yesterday morning before he started the round, and then they told him, hey. As long as it's structurally okay, and they told him it was, they said it's just a pain deal. He's yeah. like, I'm going to do it. He's Tough. like, it's the Masters. Are you kidding me? Tougher than 95 percent of basketball players. <laughs> oh, and, and maybe football <laughs> players Incredible. too. Like, How about incredible. baseball players? Got, got baseball. Oh, that's not we baseball players have been out for a month. <laughs> basketball players at least three weeks. Right. Football player maybe one week. <laughs> one week with that one. Uh, so it was really cool to watch him play. I'll. I'll be, he said it was all adrenaline. I'll be interested to see how he does today, like if it's more sore, cause yeah. he's not as much adrenaline flowing. Let's see uh, how he does. Uh, him, Matt Kuchar, and Roy McElroy, that was a pretty cool moment on 16, cause they all were like right around the, the, like three feet. They all birdied. Oh no, it was Phil Mickelson was with the crew, and they all had three shots around the 16th that were just all birdies, tapped him in. It was pretty cool to watch. In case you didn't know, I saw like every single shot. <laughs> Phil Mickelson is still right in the hunt with Ricky yeah. Ballard. They're both two under. Dustin Johnson, Kind of like Tiger was kind of all over the place, but salvaged it and still is just one over. Justin Thomas, my guy, I put a, I put a pretty sizable chunk of money on him. Uh, he's at two over. He needs to get hot today. Your guy now. Yeah, for sure. That's my guy. But did you have, were you watching live what happened to Sergio Garcia? Cause Sergio, I think no. that's every amateur golfer has had a moment like this. There was often a big scene in Hollywood where it was very similar with, in Tin Cup. Yeah. When, uh, Kevin Costner's sitting there just saying, give me another ball, give he me went, another ball. He went Roy McAvoy on Five it. balls in the water. Good consecutively. For you, just for gutting it out. I hate Sergio Garcia. Why? He's like, Why? he's like Gronk. Cause he's spitting the gut. <laughs> no, you're cool with him cup. now. No, I'm cool with Gronk. Yeah. I mean, he was like the old Gronk for me. I don't okay. know. I don't, I, <laughs> Gronk a month ago. His beef with Tiger, like, I felt like you had to pick a side back in the day between Sergio and Tiger. I was actually happy he won the Masters yesterday. I mean, uh, last year. Yeah. Uh, cause he hadn't had a major, right? That was his first major. Yeah. And, and he was like he, the best player without yeah, a major title. He was way too good not to have one, but that was, that was tough to watch, man. Like, 
It was painful to watch. What? But I, I thought he checked out after two. Yeah. And then he was like, ah, screw it. Cause like he literally, that was his whole tournament it's was over. lost. Like he's not going to make the cut. He's done. Now he's got to stick around to do the pr- jacket presentation yeah. on Sunday. That's a which waste. I might bounce on that one. I mean, but why don't you like, I, and he wasn't losing it. That's the thing. He was like totally calm. Just it was kind of like Kevin Costner in Tin Cup. He's just like, give me another ball. I'm not playing like the, I am playing the result. Uh, I'm clearly not a pro golfer. But at some point after after the second one, don't you just put it like, don't you just put it on the back edge of the damn green? Don't yes. you just club up one and just say, all right, we're not doing that. I again. think what he was doing. I think he was ticked off at the pin placement, which I think a lot of guys oh, so do. I think he was doing it on purpose. Like, Passive look how aggressive. good these shots are. Because they were all past the hole. They were all really and good. And they kept yeah, rolling they back were. off. Like, I think that's what it was. I think yeah. he was, like, saying, screw you guys. Think about it. Jordan Spieth played yeah, the right. hole, like, you, you 45 really minutes him. after him and, like, showed you exactly. Like, he took the spin off the ball and, right. like, ended up three feet. Of, like, it was a perfect shot. Right. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out today as everybody gets in line. By the way, I totally screwed up my bets on the Masters. Remember I gave you some yeah. names the other day, like Jim Furyk, Steve Stricker. You know you know how their odds are now? Uh. Not very good because they didn't get in. Uh. I took the bet a week before, just assuming they were long shots, thinking yeah. I was getting great odds. They're not even playing. Steve Stricker, <laughs> Furyk, like Brant Snedeker. I have three guys that, that aren't even playing. Uh. I'm still up for... What I'm happened still, to Harry Potter Jr.? He's in the mix. He's yeah. a one over. One That's over. my guy. If Harry right. Potter... If he wins, we're all going to dinner. Remember? <laughs> we're going to Prime at, 112. And live. No, no, yeah. Prime live. 112 and live afterwards. What's, hey, so, a big night. What's the last bet you won? The Super Bowl? Uh, no, I had a great week, uh, run through the NCAA tournament. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. I actually had a cash out, man. Florida I thought State. I shared with you that. I got a check coming Just to Just checking. Me. I got to let the people uh, know because they don't hear that. It's fake money. Uh, all right. That's, uh, so we'll be watching that today. You can watch it at CBSSports.com, CBS Sports HQ. You can check out all the Masters, uh, live action as you watch throughout the day. Uh, NBA, there was some very, Kind of bumming, bummed out news. Like yeah. I hate when I see guys that deal with injuries. It's one thing to get shut down for a couple weeks, but Kyrie Irving, after a knee surgery, which he was supposed to be out, remember it was called minimally invasive. Like that was the mm-hmm. description that was given by the Celtics. And I was like, uh, I don't know. It's minimally invasive to everybody except the guy that you're actually going into his body. It's supposed to be out three to six weeks. Well, they announced yesterday that Kyrie Irving is shut down for the season. Uh, apparently he had, uh, it was gonna, he's gonna take out these screws from his patella. Like anytime you hear screws in place and there was a wire and there might have been an infection, all this stuff has me not only bummed out for the Celtics and their run this year, but it has me a little concerned about Kyrie Irving long term. Well, I, so the bacterial infection with the wire and the screws, uh, have you ever had that? Have a, you ever had any knee surgery? Reflection. Have you? I've had I've had scopes, but me never too. A major I've never surgery. had a big yeah, ACL or patellar deal. Knock on wood. Uh, my wife had an ACL, and it was pretty. I like the rehab was excruciating for her. Like it was just ugly. Uh, I used to walk by guys that were getting their rehab for ACLs, and yeah. I was like, oh my goodness, no joke. Like, and you get on the machine, and you're in there right after, and it is a grind. Like yeah. it is a rough year to come back from. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't wish those knee injuries. So, but I'm not super concerned about the knee. Uh, the infection, like the acute injury this time. I'm, I'm, but once you start going in there repeatedly. Well, he, and here's the deal. Yeah, you're correct on that. Cause I mean, your dad's an orthopedic surgeon, so you would know. But just in general, he's injured a lot. Like he was injured in his one season at Duke. Yeah. I cannot stand my voice right now. Oh, I really good. cannot stand it. I know. It, it's, good. it uh, is funny. I like, there are certain things that you're saying where I'm like, Oh my God, he sounds it's so, so bad. bad. Um, and I can't <laughs> use afferent anymore because apparently if you keep well, you using the afferent, it doesn't like, work. Right, uh, so like I'm trying to thug it out, and it's just not working. Thug it out, thug um, it out. 
But but generally speaking, he's injured a lot, and I think he's gotten a pass recently, like the year with LeBron when they won the championship. But if you recall the year before that, like I was with them. He he fractured the kneecap and didn't get to play. Like he's got foot issues. Uh, you could make a case, and I'm a Kyrie fan. I think he's a fantastic player, uh, one of the most creative ball handling finishing guards maybe I've ever seen. But he's injury prone, and like this one, you have a point. Like uh, in terms of having to. Continue to go into the knee, but just generally speaking, I think you should be worried, or the concern would be valid if you question how uh, how durable and what type of longevity he'll have over a course of a career. This bums me out because I think it's just a blown season for the Celtics. Yeah. Like, and even coming in, like Gordon Hayward goes down the opening night with that nasty gruesome yeah. injury, so you lose him for the year. You get Kyrie, it end up doesn't work, and like here they are in the two spot. And they're going to waste this season. Well, you I think they, you think they have a chance? Uh, no, I think oh. I think their their goose is cooked, but. Who says goose is cooked? I was going to say, I was like, I'm writing that down. I like that one. Like, like, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Friday. Friday. Yeah, it's Friday, right? Who got no job? Ain't got no place to be. Uh, (laughs) I think that they're playing with house money this year. Like, so I'll make the case that, like, there's no real need for them to play with Gordon Hayward, Kyrie. You weren't beating LeBron in the Cavs anyway. Like, you were supposed to win next year. So, like, Gordon. That sucked. That was a catastrophic injury. It sucks that you don't have Kyrie, but Jason Tatum's going to get some like invaluable experience. Like he's no longer really a rookie. Jalen Brown has had a great, uh, uh, you know, turn from year one to year two. He'll be a better player. You're getting some of these guys some experience, and so next year is when everybody. I think even in Boston, if you're talking about like not the fans, but the people in the organization, the target was probably always next year. So provided all those guys come back healthy and you're ready to rock at the beginning of the next season, I don't think there's anything lost from the Celtics' perspective. All right, so if you are, because the Celtics are in the two spot right now, if you're the Heat, the Wizards, or the Bucks, they're all within a game of each other in the 6, 7, or 8 spot, do you try to manipulate anything so that you get the 7 seed, so you get the 2-7 matchup with Boston with without Kyrie because it looks like you can win that series easily? Sure. So you sure. would. So if you're the Heats and it's six, you might try to lose a game to try to manipulate it. I would. Yeah. Uh, I don't I mean, know. you'd be dumb not to. Teams tank all the time. They do it all the time. Position. The Why problem is, like, you know, you talk about, like, the golf gods or the basketball gods right. or the football gods. Right. You don't want to anger them. So you don't want to make it, like, completely obnoxious where you're just giving away games and tanking them. But in a scenario like this where one win or one loss could 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 be the difference, hey, maybe you rest guys and, and, and not really – Worry about getting the win. I, I think that pulling Boston now without Kyrie is is very very valuable, way more valuable uh, than whether guys are healthy or not. You don't want to see LeBron uh, or the Raptors in the first round if you can avoid it. So I'd be jockeying if I could. I, I want to see a couple. Of, Debo wants to see the Sixers Heat matchup in the playoffs so we can go watch the games. I want to see the Heat Cavs just to see LeBron see have Cavs, to face absolutely uh, this Heat team. He'll I think beat them four one. I think he probably would too, but I yeah. still want to see it. They yeah, never yeah, win me in too. Miami, me too. No, he'll beat him four yeah. one. They uh, won't even like all that. That's the crazy stuff about LeBron. Like I'm with you. He plays. They're garbage in Miami. Historically, he's terrible in Miami. Why? Regular will, season. Regular season. Right. He will smoke them four one. I don't want to see them with the Sixers. I, well, I would. I would actually. I would be with. I would go watch that team. Like as a young team, I would love right to now. watch play, and I think it would be a good series. I think it'd be fun. Was that twelve in a row? Twelve in a row. Yeah. Play the cast tonight. Yeah, uh, to determine the three seed. It was, that's what it was real. Yeah. It was real. While it All right, so Debo, you're gonna have to help us out through these because <laughs> Debo's got some scenarios here of called "What Would It Take." Yeah. So basically, this is just 
Is it possible, or what, just we're just giving just them what, facts? What's it going to take oh, for take? these following teams so, to win the Eastern Conference? So what would it take for the Cavs to win the East? Yeah. What would it take? Yeah. They're going to win the East. So just, I mean, I just be say, true to form. Uh, you know what? It's going to take no injuries. No injuries for the Cavs. They can't afford any more. They're playing with a very, uh, you know, very dicey chemistry there. So they're they obviously our favorite. I yep. think we all agree with that. All right. What about the Raptors? What would it take for them to win the East? Uh, I think Kyle Lowry's got to get, yeah. he's got to get over his postseason woes and get hot. I agree. They're, they're, it's going to take those two playing in the playoffs like they played in the regular season. And that hasn't happened in the last few years. So it's, you're right. Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. Both acting like all stars. All right, what would it take for the Celtics to win the East? I'm gonna say they, they can't acquire any talent. <laughs> yeah, I was like gonna say a, Gordon Hayward like growing a new ankle quickly, or like I don't. No, nah, that's there's no chance. All right, no chance for that. What about the Sixers to win the East? That's interesting. Uh, when is Embiid back? By the way, they're and is saying he, gonna he come might, back with a mask. Is he gonna do it? I would assume a yeah. mask. Maybe miss one playoff game is the early time frame for that. Two weeks after he went they have underwent to have surgery, back or they have no chance. Yeah, the Sixers are going to. Uh, let's see. The Sixers would need the Cavs to be upset somewhere. By well, I guess it's not an upset if the Raptors beat them because numerically they're a better team. But it would it would require them not facing the Cavs at some point. And then, uh, so just, they dodge, they have you, but you don't think they'll have to go through the Cavs? You're saying for the they, Cavs to get upset before them? If, if the yes. Sixers got the three, won the first round series, they would face either the Celtics or whoever the Celtics lose to. So they could theoretically avoid the Cavaliers if the Raptors beat them. Yeah, right. So That's like, scenario. whatever scenario that has to transpire, like that would have to happen. They can't pull the Cavs and then they would have to just defend. They're one of the best teams in the NBA defensively. Like they're number four in defensive efficiency, number one in, Field goal percentage against in the paint, number three and three point percentage against. Like they really lock up and defend. They have to do that uh, at that level, and then they just have to find one of those three guys to be like D Wade in that 2006 playoff series mm-hmm. against the uh, the the, uh, the Mavericks. Oh, okay. Where he just, where he went yeah. ham. Like someone's gonna have to do that through the playoffs. Someone is gonna have to make their name as a player. Either Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, or Markel Fultz is gonna have to like cement their star, uh, in you the have playoffs. Have a breakout. Yes. Have a breakout type yeah. of moment. Uh, any, t- any chance, what would it take for the East, any team from the East to knock off the Warriors or the Rockets from the West? Uh, is it, is it, is it LeBron get, like carry them? Well, it, we've seen LeBron have, LeBron had maybe the best finals uh, maybe the best finals numbers ever. The first, the first, I forget what year it was when I was in Cleveland, and it still wasn't enough to beat right. Golden State. So there's not a whole lot that could happen, in my opinion, other than injuries to either the Warriors or the Rockets. Look, if the Warriors get through the Rockets without Steph Curry, and Steph Curry isn't healthy coming into the finals, one then, of those teams could have a shot. All right, uh, Debo put this list together, and I thought it was really interesting because if. This was a story storyline in the NFL season where how many big-time players, we had Aaron Rodgers lost for the season, J.J. Watt was lost for the season, but the NBA did not go unscathed either. With Gordon Hayward going out that week one, now you got Kyrie out. The uh, the Kawhi Leonard saga in San Antonio was all you know transpired because of that quad injury. Kristaps yep. Porzingis goes down with the ACL. Like, big-time players, Kevin Love, the all the issues that the Warriors have gone through, Isaiah Thomas getting shut down, like, it is injury after injury after injury that have really shaped these standings and yep. will have a great impact moving forward. Who is healthy? Who isn't? Yeah, these are huge. It's just bad luck. Uh, is, I think it's guys are so dialed in in a good way, like to training, to off-season training, to nutrition, to all of it, to 
and I say I'm not gonna say PEDs, but like performance enhancing nutrition, yeah, sure, vitamins, all those stuff. That their bodies are still catching up to how good a shape they're in, right? And the movements, which because they're so dialed in and so strong, and like you're like, putting way too much torque and stress absolutely. on some of these joints, like yeah. With the with and our and like their bodies aren't ready for it. Right. Some of these were so <clears throat> devastating, though. Like Gordon Hayward, never forget. Yeah, yeah never that forget. Brutal. That was awful. You know, you know what's interesting? Like, uh, that was a terrible injury. It was awful. But like, I took my kids to like, I'll take them to like a sh- agility guy, mm-hmm. like uh, start building their little base. And they don't start doing any of like the plyometric stuff now until they teach kids how to, how to land. So the first thing they do is teach them how to land and control their body so that they don't start jumping and putting all this pressure on these joints and they don't know how to handle it, trying to protect them from these injuries that, that you're kind of talking about. But in terms of catastrophic injuries this year, if I had to rank them, I'd say Gordon Hayward's number one just because there was so much anticipation. Um, uh, you wanted to see what the seas would look like. Uh, and even though I thought next year was their year, they had Gordon Hayward. They could squarely be in the mix for, for trying to, trying to win it this year. So, uh, Ka- Ka- Kawhi Leonard is a close number two just because of what it's done to the franchise. I don't really, I didn't think they were uh, a contender in the West, even with Kawhi, but this has set off a domino effect of, of, of events in, in, uh, in San Antonio that I don't think they recover from. Like you wind up losing Kawhi, not just the player, uh, but what it does to, to, to the way you do business in San Antonio and the way it's always been our way type of or the highway. And now you've got a superstar saying he don't want to be there and do that with you anymore. That's going to really hurt them. And then the third would probably be the Isaiah Thomas injury, even though they knew he was injured when they got him from Boston, mm-hmm. because I mean, it's reshuffled a lot of decks. There's been a lot of movement because of that. Uh, so those would be the top three for me. I would say, depending on how the play- season plays out, I think it could be Steph Curry. Like, how serious is it? How does he look when he gets back? Because yeah. the last time, remember, he came back, the last time thought he was good and they ended up losing. Yep. Now, who knows if it was the knee injury's fault, but it definitely impacted his play somewhat. So that, that's one I'm going to kind of keep an eye on for there. All right, let's keep it rolling. Here's what's happening with Hannah. UFC star Conor McGregor has been charged by New York police with three counts of assault and one count of criminal mischief after turning himself into the police following an incident on Thursday in Brooklyn. This all according to the NYPD. So the 29-year-old unexpectedly showed up at UFC 223 media event on Thursday, and he was caught on camera throwing a hand dolly through a window of a bus that was carrying UFC fighters. Now, UFC lost three fights for its Saturday pay-per-view event directly connected to the incident involving McGregor. I love this. I love this story. <laughs> I wish we had like it, love it, or hate it, because I love it. Why? Love it. I so it. are you familiar with the details? I'm going to give you some very vague details because yeah, I don't know the names. I'm not a super dialed-in UFC guy. Yeah. So one of Connor's boys, like one of the guys that's on his team that he trains with, is at this fight in UFC. This is what this media days is yeah. all about. So apparently one of the other fighters in UFC – had like 10 guys and tried Connor's boy. Okay. Like somewhere. Like it went down. Yep. And they had like 10 dudes surrounding him. So his buddy texts Connor and tells him what's up. And Connor's like, I got your back. Gets on a private jet. Can you imagine from if Ireland. Yeah. Gets on a con, gets on a, a jet. With 30 dudes and rolls up in there and was like, why are you messing with my boy? Oh, wow. So they, so okay. like he had his back. He came all the way over there just to have his boys back. That's why I like it. Now, I never condone a guy totally losing his mind right. the way he did. Yeah, he really lost. I he mean, really he was it. berserk. But if you've, like, I've interviewed Conor McGregor in a room, like, we are mm-hmm. this close. He, I thought he was crazy. 
Like I'm looking at him like this guy could just like it's almost like you run into in the wild and you see like a lion or a tiger and you're like I hope I don't make the wrong like, movement. Oh, this guy could rip Has my that face off. To you? <laughs> I have been to you. But like that's the way I felt about Conor McGregor. I look at him and I think he's legitimately nuts, and I think it played out. He cost Dana White and UFC a lot of money, though. If or did he fight. make them a lot? Well, that's the like, question: was was it scripted or not? Yeah. Right? Like was this like a was it WWE type of stuff? But uh, I don't know. I don't. So you weren't into it? No, I, like that I moved was. the needle. I'm more of a boxing guy. <laughs> Can you imagine though, like being in some beef and then texting Conor McGregor of Let's all go. people? Fire up the like, jet. Like if I was really in some beef, I'd be like, um, "Hey, friend, can you yeah. have time to like maybe come over?" Okay. All right. Ty Lue returned to the Cavs sideline last night after missing nine games with chest pains. Cleveland's game against Washington probably induced more chest pains for Wizards fans. Lou, LeBron, and the Cavs trailed by 16 with six minutes and six seconds remaining, but the King pulled off a 13 point four assists and four rebound quarter to lead his team all the way back for a 119 to 115 victory. Ty Lu said he was rusty. Yeah, man. Good. Uh, yeah. It was, it was really interesting to see Washington fold down the stretch, but it's always good to see Ty Lu back, especially if he's got a clean bill of health. Uh, I mean, he's 40 something like, like we are like you, you, I'm glad to see him back and the Cavs, quite frankly, uh, coach Drew's great, but they need, they need T Lu in the playoffs. The Warriors lost to the Pacers by 20, let up 126 points, and Steve Kerr was not happy. He said, quote, yeah, I'm mad. I'm embarrassed. I mean, I know that this game doesn't mean anything in the seating, but the playoffs start next week. It was an embarrassing effort, a pathetic effort. He said it basically like Hannah just did, too. Like, if he was really ticked, yeah. I think he would have lost it. I think it's frustrating for Steve Kerr because he's got a bored team. Like, they don't care. They just don't care. <laughs> right. That's and it. And they shouldn't. No, they'll at, be all right. At this point, see, the yeah, seating's in. Like, you're playing without staff. Like, they don't care. They just want to play the playoffs. Do you guys know what time it is? No, don't. Game time. It's Tebow time. Uh -huh. Just kidding. Okay, so Tim Tebow, he's still not great at baseball. He always has had a knack for making the most of the moment and securing storylines. On the first pitch of his first at-bat in his first double-A game, Tebow hits a three-run homer. Do we care? All right, Tebow, <laughs> this is a rule we're going to implement on the Canel and Bell podcast. No. We are not allowed to put Tebow in any type of news read or here's what's happening with Hannah Segman unless he hits a home run at City Field. Then we can put it in I there. tried to do that with LeVar Ball in the early season, and you kept asking for him. <laughs> no, I, I did liked, not. I liked Tim Tebow. I, I hope he I does like him well. too, but he's playing minor league baseball. It's not worthy of a read of a – podcast yes, of our is. caliber you know what you're just a seminal you're just bitter <laughs> I'm, a I'm a hater <laughs> all right penny hardaway filling out his staff at memphis including two-time nba champ and longtime grizzly mike miller next question could larry brown follow brown has reportedly told people he wants to help hardaway launch his college co coaching career but according to cbs sports tigers athletic director tim tom bowen could be hesitant due to issues brown has had with the ncaa uh i think that's legit you know, in the in the uh, climate of like that is the the college basketball, uh, NCAA basketball uh, scene right now, like the scandals. Larry Brown comes with some baggage. Uh, yeah, Mike Miller's a great hire. Uh, no, I didn't, I didn't realize. I'm surprised he did it. He yeah. was doing some broadcasting, but to, for him to take this gig, I'm well, like, man. I always knew he wanted to coach. I think when I was with Mike back in Cleveland, Mike thought that he was going to get the Memphis job coming out of just coming out of the NBA. And so I know that he desired it. Like he played in Memphis for a long time. So that, that may even be home base. I'm not sure. I don't, don't quote me on that. At least he's familiar with it. Yeah. But going there and Penny, Penny is the type of young coach that's probably, you know, he's going to give Mike a lot of voice, allow him to kind of figure out who he is a coach, even though Penny's the head guy there. So it's a good look for Mike. Uh, I don't, 
Oh, Larry Brown's awesome. And he'd be the type of dude, Penny, for, for not having been a college coach. You want an older guy there who's been through the, the rigors of the job and kind of knows the landscape of it. But I don't know if, like, Larry, last time I saw LB, he looked, he looked like he was slowing down a little bit. So I don't know. No ego at 75 years old now. What do you just mean, no being ego? An assistant. What are you talking about? No ego. That's what I'm saying. Larry Brown's great, but he, yeah. like, Larry, yeah. Larry, Larry Brown's got it. Would no that ego. cause a problem with Penny? Uh, I, no, because I think, no, I don't think so. And I don't think at this point. I mean, I, you know, Larry, Larry's a really, really smart dude. I don't think he does it unless he can say, hey, look, man, I'm coming here to help Penny. I just want to be around the kids. I just want to teach the game. So I don't think he'd take it uh, for any other reason. So lastly, we're going to talk about a punter getting signed because that punter is the entertaining Marquette King who yesterday signed a three-year, $7 million deal with the Broncos, guaranteeing two games against his ex, the Raiders, each year. Additionally, the Pats wide receiver, Jordan Matthews, on a one-year deal partially to replace the recently traded Brandon Cooks. Matthews is entering his fifth NFL season, last year his first with the Bills. He caught just 25 balls for 282 yards and one touchdown while playing in 10 games. All right, Debo, I have another rule for the Canel and nope, Bell podcast. I'm not listening we to are this not re- announcing any punter signings on He's electric. this podcast. He's electric. He is, I, I Can we lost... talk about Jordan Matthews at least for a minute, though? Well, no, Jordan Matthews, good, good signing. Okay. But... Marquette King, he lost me when he celebrated a punt and got a penalty for it. And I think that's when he lost John Gruden's uh, uh, favor as Coming well. on Monday's podcast, punter rankings. <laughs> I don't Bless think you, that's going to happen. <laughs> Thank you. All right, let's keep it rolling. Next up. Take it or leave it. All right, take it or leave it. Connor McGregor will appear at WrestleMania 34, or do you even care, Raja? Don't care. Don't care. <laughs> don't Thank care. You. I don't care <laughs> so you're we leaving need one it. That says I don't care. I'm taking it. I think some of it was scripted. I don't think it meant to get that out of control, yeah. but I do think you'll see Connor McGregor. It's all He'll stupid. appear in some manner at WrestleMania 34 just because of his brand. All right, next up. Take it or leave it. This will be Russell Wilson's final year as a Seahawk. Hopefully. Oh, why are you a hater? Yeah. Why are you a hater? So our very own uh, Jason LaConfora here at CBS Sports uh, reports that the that Wilson and the Seahawks have not been engaging in any real talks about a new deal. Jim Trotter of NFL Media reports there was some recent concern from Wilson's camp because Seattle GM John Snyder uh, attended Josh Allen's pro day. I think this is much ado about nothing. He's got two more years. He's owed $32 million over the next two. That's pretty reasonable rates. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. There's no way the Seahawks aren't going to have him locked up. I Leave do it. agree, but he's Wait. always annoyed me. Why? You think he's phony? Yeah, that's, I was literally that's the... just going to say that he is—he's just too phony baloney. I feel like he's fake, and he plays this like really nice family guy. And he's I think perfect. in the locker room, he's perfect. In the like, locker room, I don't believe it. it. Right? Correct. Right. Yeah. So he has this perfect image. I will say yeah. this: I have heard you. I've gotten arguments with people about this before. Mm-hmm. I've kind of just given up because I'm like, I don't know. Because right. I don't know him well enough to say, yeah, I'm going to get his back and say he's the real deal. I did meet Russell Wilson when he was a freshman at NC State, and he was just as polished. And I was like, whoa, this kid's different. Like, yeah. in a good way. Like, he's very polished. And who knows? Maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe right. he is perfect. Right. But- he might be. But there is some. there was some concern. I mean, his locker room and his own locker room, it's been talked about. That players did not respect him, that they didn't rally around him. So it's <laughs> just blow it's your nose. Our boy Raja's Raja, battling. Uh, I'm gonna leave I'm it. You're gonna leave it. Leave it? I, I mean, I think, he, I think he winds it. up staying there. Yeah, leave what, it. Here's my thing: the Seattle, the Seattle, they can't go to Josh Allen's pro day, right? Like your feelings are all go. caught Every, up in that. I bet all 32 teams were at uh, the, like, the pro day. Seriously. Everybody's gonna go watch. Like it's not that big a deal, and it's not that far from them. All right, next up. Take it or leave it. RG three. Big news. Robert Griffin III gets signed by the Ravens. It was a one-year deal. Uh, he will win at least one more game in his NFL career. Take it or leave it. Take it. Take it. Take it. 
Take it. That's as a starter. That's as a starter. Yeah, yeah I mean, obviously he's got to yep. play. I'm going to leave it. Leave it. Oh, you know what? I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. I'm gonna, <laughs> Just go back. Button, I'm going Danny. back. No, go back. Give me the other button. Take yeah. it. Not, not like first, a career starter, but no, like, no, a, no. like a Joe Flacco goes down, I, and he comes in. And here's the thing. I don't know if he makes the team. I think he uh, makes the team. Yeah. And then if he does, then he'll he'll get another win because I think he'll get to play because right. Flacco, who knows what's going on. I hope he does. I'm all about uh, getting opportunities. All right, next up. Take it or leave it. It is fair for Phillies fans to boo their new manager, Gabe Kapler. Take it or leave no. it. Are you familiar with what's going on? So my man has had one of the most disastrous starts to any sport, not just baseball, right. any sport. It's transcended it. So he got booed mercilessly yesterday in Philly. You would expect their fans. So they've okay. only had five games. Uh, what, what, what was that? I think no, that was a cheap shot. No, that was no. a legit shot. Right. Like, that's, 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 that's legit. Respect. respect. So they finally beat the Marlins yesterday. <laughs> they advanced to two and four, but he has been crushed for some of his in-game decisions. So early throughout, like he starts pulling pitchers yeah. after 62 pitches. Because he doesn't want, like, he has a theory about yes. hitters seeing the the pitcher the third time the third in the lineup, timer, yeah, started, which yeah. is great in theory until you run out of pitchers, which has <laughs> happened to him already. He called on one of his pitchers in the bullpen to got and to go in the game. The guy hadn't even started warming up, hadn't done anything. Uh, it's been a a disaster to say the least. So he comes up uh, again after the game. He said, "I'm this is Gabe Kapler. I'm going to work my ass off for these fans. Hopefully, over the course of team." They'll learn to trust that I'm in this with them. But an anonymous player said he needs to get out of the way. And a not-so-anonymous player, one of his own players, his outfielder Nick Williams, took a subtle shot at him in the media. He said, quote, I guess the computers are making the lineup. I don't know. I don't get like That was a very subtle shot at his manager. I don't think he lasts the entire season. Yeah, not with that kind of heat. Like The fans are one thing, but when you got guys in your own clubhouse uh, calling you out, yeah, sometimes it's tough for managers to just get out of the way. Like, don't overthink it. Like, even in basketball, like, end game situations, if you have to manage a rotation at the end of game in baseball or call in a, a closer or something like that, okay, but don't overdo it. Their guys are pros for a reason. Let them go out there and do what they do. I also think don't boo anyone. If you're a fan, no, like, see, I'm don't... okay with booing. Oh, I'm okay with guys I'm getting so booed. Not. Never? By your home crowd? Like, never. you should, like, you would never boo a Syracuse player. No! Oh my god, no! I don't, I don't love Never. home, I don't love I don't home love, crowds booing. I think it's I rude. I think it's rude, but I don't, I guess, I, I This is I why I got it. mad at It's alright, yeah, it's yeah, fine. I, I don't love it though. I think it's, well, I, I would never Yankees boo somebody fans. either. Like it's the same, it's Yeah, the and same then they cheered Stanton the next time he opened I know, I was like, oh my god, make up your mind, freaking Yankees fans. Watch, I'm gonna become. I don't love that about Philly though, I gotta be honest. Like I, I love Philly, and I love that they're passionate, but I never saw, like, the point in booing your own like guys, like we got to no keep. Point. Is there any a situ ever in a situation where it would motivate you? No. Yeah. Right. Like, I'm, I'm wondering. I'm like, even you know, well, it might make you pissed off. Yeah. F you guys. Like, yeah. like I'm out here. Try, like you think I'm trying to be bad. Right. Exactly. Yeah, like, like real. Like you it's think, just a mental uh, we're, thing. We're and bad. It's not fair. I'm sorry, but I'm going out here. So like the point is, like I might play for the city. You start booing me, even if I'm bad. Like I don't play for you, jackasses anymore. Like it's you know that that anyway. That's just the way I felt. I accepted it too. But I just never understood what you were trying to get accomplished as a fan base by booing your home team. Didn't make sense to me. All right, next up. Topics. What you got for us, Debo? So Aaron Donald's knives confirmed fake. <laughs> I, can, <laughs> I, I can breathe now. That's it. <laughs> All right, good. Confirmed fake knives. Uh, you next it here first. One. Or on Twitter. Thursday, April 12th, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Oh. What are you guys doing? Watching HGTV. Oh, no. Why? Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade 
are going to appear on All Star Flip. So the marketing pitch energy? it reads. I'm not see. I'm not that this into it. But the marketing pitch very exciting. Fans of the couple will see them showcase their love for home renovation as they buy, overhaul, and flip a fixer upper in an up and coming Miami neighborhood. Hannah's Hell watching. Yes, you know what I'm saying. Chip and Joanna out. Yeah, Wade. Yes. Sweet. Are they going to be in there sweating, like getting dirty and like fixing up bathrooms? No, they're going to showcase their love for home renovation. No, here's what I love about them as a couple. Gabrielle is arguably way more famous than than Dwayne Wade is. What? I love, I've always, I've always loved If you think Wade. Russell Wilson is phony, like with his perfect, like script, no, no, look no, at no, their no. Instagrams, like all oh, lovey dovey, like, hold give the me, phone. Give Do me you know them? No. Are you friends with them? <laughs> no. So I'm not judging. Talk. I'm <laughs> saying from, a, from the outside looking in, it appears too good to be true. I did, Maybe it is. No, I, I didn't like that. think highly of Dwayne Wade until I met him and was like, I, I interviewed nice him. He's so nice. It was embarrassing. Nice it was an embarrassing. Introduction, but it was fine. Anyways, moving uh, on. Yeah, I will be uh, next Friday podcast. Maybe a report, maybe not. I don't really care. Uh, Mark Ingram, <laughs> a very good NFL running back, two-time Pro Bowler, in fact. Not necessarily known though for being the most shifty running back in the world. That was definitely the case the other day with Ingram on a USO tour at the Aviano Air Base in Italy. He just got jacked up by this security guard. He did. Se- I didn't not see security this. guard, security dog. dog. <laughs> uh, at at Canel and Bell on this. Twitter for this video. He just gets taken down. He tries like to run like 10 yards and the dog jumps. The vertical on this so dog this is higher than Ingram. Like they said, try to get away Yeah, he's wearing dog. like the whole suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I thought it was just like an accident. Like I said, you so think you could stayed. get away from a security dog? I couldn't get away from a dog. I couldn't get away from a security he, dog. He posted a video. He's like, guys are telling me to juke this dog. I didn't decide to juke. Probably would have been smart. I like it. I right, have to talk just for a second about Eagles, not the Super Bowl champs, but a ceremonial fly onto the field and make the fans go crazy, Eagle. You've seen that before. Uh, the Twins had their home opener yesterday, festivities guaranteed in a situation like that. So this bald eagle was supposed to land on a handler's hand. Instead, it landed on Mariners pitcher James Paxton. And Paxton, surprisingly, calm, cool as can be, how would you react? I, I would have freaked out. There's no out. way I would have walked out of there calmly. I would have definitely peed my pants, if it, not fainted at the same option. time. <laughs> I would have definitely passed out. He, I don't know what you're supposed to do under eagle attack, but it looked like he knew, like, stay calm. Like, don't do anything. <laughs> I feel and like he's eagle, read actually, a handbook. Have you ever seen one of these eagles up close? Yeah, I've had one. Like, like a land. Like a six-foot damn bird. Oh, their, their wingspan guys, is they're ginormous. They're like dinosaurs. Their claws. Like, I it's can't. insane. I, I would have freaked out. out. I was so like, afraid of it. I probably would have. my eyes out. I would have. Yes. I would have freaked out and freaked the bird out. I would have by like just the reaction. With your love? Probably. Something. Anything. Bad move. No, I know, but that probably would have been my reaction. natural reaction. You get in trouble for that? Like, they're endangered species. Like, if you smack Von Miller. Von Miller in a little bit of trouble. You'd be like the most hated guy ever. Man, leave Von Miller alone. The guy's on a fishing trip. He didn't do anything. You're not allowed. You're not allowed. Yeah, you, we're gonna have to. Hey, what Von Miller do? He caught a hammerhead Peter's gonna shark come after the podcast now. Bring it, Peter. <laughs> hammerhead shark. I love Peter's. Bring it, uh, Bama fans. So Paul Tyson, he's a four-star class of 2019 quarterback recruit. Yesterday, he committed to Alabama. The thing about Paul Tyson is that he's the great grandson of Crimson Tide legend Bear Bryant. Watch out, Tua. 
Uh, not yet. Tua's pretty damn good. This must have been Nick Saban's easiest recruiting job. He probably yeah. just texted him. What's up? Like, when are you signing? Yeah, when? <laughs> you know he's coming there, uh, regardless of uh, no matter what happens. He's a four-star recruit? Yeah. So, so he's, so he's right. decent? Yeah, he right. he's definitely pretty good. I wouldn't care if he was a one-star. He's yeah. still supposed to be a bad one. All right, it's time for our five-star Q&A because it is Friday. Uh, we got some good stuff, Hannah. What you got lined up for us? Because some of this stuff, eh, sometimes not so strong. What do we got? Five-star Q&A. I'm going to give it a eh. I feel no. like we're good. Though. We got you think these are right, good questions? Going. All right, let's bring it. I think. All right, from Goal PBS. Goal PBS. I've never. I'm sorry. I have no idea. If you both were in college now and a booster offered you 10k, would you take it? Um. Right now, no. But when I was in college, I would have taken take it. That was the heartbeat. best response. Now, eh. No, but like, yeah, in college, if somebody came up and handed me ten thousand dollars, like I didn't know I was going to play in the NBA or anything. I'm, I was just so stupid. That yes, I would take ten thousand dollars in a heartbeat. All right, so my initial reaction to this was yours. Yeah, but putting my—I remember kind of being scared about the rules. Yeah, I think ten k would have passed the threshold for me. You're, if it was a grand, I would have taken it. Right, but ten seems like a really big number where I would have felt bad. You like felt weird about it. Maybe we get in trouble. Yeah, like a thousand, I probably think, eh, yeah. you know, I can kind of fly, slide under the radar. Ten seems like a big number. I. Your stage I was, was also to take something. Like your, if it was an empty package and I didn't know how much was in it, I'd be like, "All right." You sure. had to be on alert though, because you guys were playing for national championships. Yeah. Like at FIU, it was like the Wild Wild West. We didn't have class on Friday. Right. Like when they turned the lights out after the last professor left, there was nobody on campus except like seven hundred athletes. That right. was it. <laughs> so like ten k, I, I was pretty pretty comfortable that no one would ever. I know. didn't want to make it sound like I'm being pious. Like I would have been the right. You yeah, know, sure, but sure. I, I would have taken something. I hear that. From Moist Towelette 99, he says, my only wish is this show dropped episodes daily. Aw, thank you. Question, what is the most underrated small market city you visited while playing in the pros and why? Ooh. So NFL, you you basically basically all are in pretty big markets, right? I mean, I played in Green Bay. I would say a preseason game. I played against Green Bay Packers. It was in Madison, Wisconsin, which is where University of Wisconsin was. Madison is a really cool town. Like, it's a cool college town. Yep. I really like that. The fans were great. And it was August, so it was perfect weather. Yeah, that's Because I would dope. not want to be stuck there in December. Uh, I, I, we, we also played preseason up in uh, Vancouver. I don't know that that's a small oh, market, but Vancouver was Vancouver is a cool town. So, so cool. Uh, but Portland. I like Portland, Oregon. I mean, they always have the Nike headquarters yeah. out there. The and you're is, a Nike guy, right? I am, yeah. Yeah, you get that that employee but, store. But, uh, Adidas is out there too. That's right. So like you you had your pick uh like really good restaurants, uh pretty pretty like very pretty scenery, not always the best weather, but I, I kind of like Portland out there, like low key. Um uh, yeah, Portland. I feel like you go to Portland and get like acai bowls only. Yeah, yeah, they, and like they go for hikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do yoga. Have granola. <laughs> Okay, from Bobby P05, question for Raja. He says, what really went down when Jerry Sloan retired? We all know it was D-Will. That was the problem, but just want to hear you confirm it. Uh, I can't really speak to D-Will being the problem because that that all happened when I was in Phoenix. But what happened that night was Jerry Sloan called a play called 4-Up, which is a specific play to the right-hand side of the court. The same exact play can be ran to the left side of the court, and it's called like 4-Down. So Jerry called 4-Up. We went out for the jump ball, and Darren changed it to four down because I think it was Paul Millsap or Al Jefferson. They liked the ball on the other side of the block. So essentially it's the same play. Same guy's getting the ball. He just flipped the sides. So we play the whole first half. Jerry seated. Because of we, that. No one knows why. So we come in at halftime, and we're losing to the Bulls. It was Kyle Korver and those guys. Kurt Thomas was with the Bulls at the time. And Jerry says, 
like, if you're going to change my effing play, at least give me the courtesy and let me know you're going to change it. So he's been holding this to like halftime. So I'm sitting next to, uh, Greg Miller. He's, he's like the owner now. Uh, he's sitting next to me and Jerry and Darren are like yelling at each other across the hallway. And so Darren says something to the effect of like, yeah, I hear you, bro. Like, you you got the you got the power, but I got the juice. Something like something like crazy. <laughs> and he looks over at Greg Miller. He's like, "Oh, I gotta talk to you." So they go in the back, right? And they go, and you're like, "Uh oh, it's about to pop off." So Jerry is like, "You're not having a meeting without me." So he runs behind there too. So it's the three of them in the back, and you just hear, and blah, 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 blah. so we go back out to halftime. Nobody knows what to do to start the second half. Uh, Darren comes over. He's like, "Yo, man, I just told him like, like if this ain't gonna work, they just need to get me out of here." I was like, "Look, dog, we just we, let's finish this game. Let's play ball." So the whole second half, this is gonna be a long winded story, but it's a good story. Whole second half, Jerry's looking at me and saying, "Hey, you tell Darren we need to run thumb up." And Darren will look over at me and say, "You tell Jerry that we're gonna run forty three, whatever." And so I'm in the middle of this the whole second half. We lose the game. We come in after that after the game's over. Uh, they're not yelling at each other anymore. But Jerry Sloan, we have a a thing. In Utah, where you, you bring it in after everybody says one, two, three, jazz. So we bring it in and Jerry Sloan livid. He goes, one, two, three, good luck. Ooh. And I look, I, everybody looked around like, what the, what the, what did he, did he just say good luck? Next morning I come in for treatment. Done. Jerry Sloan has already, already announced his resignation. Bounce. At wow. 830 in the morning, I'm there on time. He's been there since 7.30 and has announced his resignation. I didn't see him again the rest of the season. Two, three weeks later, we're sitting in a training room in Dallas. Darren next to me on the couch getting treatment. ESPN ticker goes across. Darren Williams traded to the Nets. I look at Darren. He looks at me, and he's like, yeah, dude, I'll be right back. And no one has told him he's gotten traded. He That's finds out sitting out. Up, Yeah, crazy. Crazy. Oh. I love the one, two, three, good luck. Oh That's goodness. almost who one, was the, two, three, good was luck. Was it the Clippers like that said omen. one, two, three, Baja? Like they had their off-season vacation already planned, and so they dope. were doing that in the thing. Jerry Sloan was a thug, though. He was a thug. <laughs> um, all right, we got a message from Rob from ATL. Right? Is this it. a message? Yep. Yeah. This is a Twitter DM. He's, Twitter he tried DM. to post it on iTunes. He said, "Try harder," but we love you, Rob. Okay, yeah. so he said Hannah made some regrettable comments regarding the vertically challenged last Friday, <laughs> and I'd like her to read on air this list of successful and good-looking dudes under six foot. Tom Cruise, ugly. George Clooney, yeah, he's too short. He's 5'11". I just Googled that. Zach Efron, Bruno Mars, Martin Luther King Jr. In parentheses, he said, ever heard of him. Thank you, smartass. Thank you so much. Rob from ATL. Yeah. I hear you, Rob. I hear you, bro. And he said, Danny Amendola, who formerly dated Miss Universe, no less. That's in the whole universe. Yes, I'm very familiar with Olivia Culpo and... Sounds Danny like Amendola. we might have to get Rob back on the podcast to defend short people everywhere. <laughs> and he says, I'd like an apology and hope most of you check out the FSU spring game this month. Yeah. Rob, All right. I'm sorry. Well I'm, played, I'm Rob. I'm 5'9". I like 5'4 and up. I'm, sti- I'm standing by my word. There you go. <laughs> okay. wasn't a question, but we made an exception. That was just like was a good. burn. Was it was solid. good. Um, okay. Another one from CB Morning. He said, contacts versus contacts. Name. What? Name like starting five. In a pickup game of hoops made from each other's contacts in your phone. That's not okay. fair. Yeah, like he's I obviously going to know like, more hoop guys. Yeah, like I, I feel like maybe get Barkley. I would never get trust y'all. Yeah, yeah he's out of my contacts, so I wouldn't be able to get him. Uh, <laughs> you, would have, you, would just, you just you saw really him on the other day, contacts? right? Yeah, I'd have stat. I'd have a good Phoenix squad. <laughs> yeah. I have stat Matrix. <laughs> Yes. 2006 uh, Suns. Yeah. I put Kobe in the mix. He can come over and play for the Suns. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd have a, that's not a fair question. No, that's not, not a fair question. What about in yours? Who, who are some people try, in your Try contacts? to fill out a roster. Me? Yeah, try to fill out a lineup. Who are some people in your contacts? For, for, to win a game or just famous roster? 
to, I would get to, to actually win. I would get Joe Girardi. Like he could be like player slash coach, player slash manager. He's not very tall though. Speaking of tall, it's a basketball game. Basketball. Yep. Uh, don't go. F- don't go fame. fame. Uh, go actually winning the game. I got a buddy that I play golf with. Six eight. <laughs> no, go fame. It's more fun fame. I want to hear the people in your phone. I got. Fantastic. I can't. I would never let y'all play with my son. Like he didn't Point even spread. need me, bro. I get Dan Marino. <laughs> like I'm in your. I'm I'll in your effing phone, bro. That's so true. <laughs> I need to. Like I'm not Kobe, go, but I can play a little bit. Five on five golf. No, I, you're on the other five team. Five I can't. Oh, five on five golf. I'm done. I get ripped. It's a wrap. I get dibs on. See, you got ripped. There you go. I get dibs on Rip Hamilton. I would never let y'all go through the context on my. Oh, I forgot Rip. Rip. Hey, no disrespect, dog. Shade. Rip can play squad. for me. Rip, That's yeah, he's guy. like. <laughs> All right, uh, Hannah Debo. Do you think a double or even a triple quad date would help ease Debo of his super nervousness on first date? <laughs> Always a good idea to go in numbers. Takes the pressure off of you. Wait, was there ever a second date with the girl? No, he said out? that. No, nope. She bounced. She ghosted him. Girl, I hope you're listening to this podcast. What a grave error you've made. There you go. But the podcast has actually been good. The Twitter handle for, for your boy over there, Debo. Yeah. The girl from uh, The Bachelor, uh, Bachelorette. She Shout did. out Jubilee. Yeah, Jubilee. She, Get her on the pod. She, she, got got at fired at, she fired at Debo. Did she, she, she got at you, bro? No. I have a bone to pick. Oh, to an extent. To an extent. I thought, extent. My bad, my I thought her response was eh. Well, what's she supposed she to said, do? He said that his crush was her and was like shouting her out. You know what her she response was? She said, aw, thanks. Aww. With the hard yeah, eyes. Yeah, Aww. like it was cute. She was wait, saying, wait, wait, like, no, see, this cute. is yeah, the like it's it's tone. It's tone. It's how you interpret it, because you're like, ah. And I'm like, oh. No, she's saying cute. <laughs> like, no, 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 right? no. like, there's a huge difference between ah yeah. and this girl, This girl thinks that she, like, like is God's gift. I, I don't think. think she does. Well, Sorry if I, think I just ruined huge, that. I think I she's just, a huge fan of well, Hopefully her, she's not listening. I've seen her at some Heat games before, and I just feel like she thinks she's all that. Okay, sorry. Anyways, all right, from Florida Gator 221. He says, does Raja hate anything as much as Danny hates the SEC? Ooh. <laughs> officials? It's a good question. I do hate officials. Gronk. <laughs> no, Gronk and I are turning <laughs> the page. That's right. You're Gronk on the other and I are side now. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't hate the SEC, so you don't have to worry about that. All right, that's a wrap. Let's finish it on that one for Friday. I hope everybody has a great weekend checking out the Masters. Good luck to all those guys. Good luck, Tiger. Let's see him yeah. on Sunday. Uh, what time do you tee off today? Uh, 1.30. Okay. So this afternoon, yeah, all you right. can watch every shot right on CBSSports.com. Uh, uh, have a good weekend. Make sure you follow us at Canel and Bell on Twitter and Instagram. Go subscribe to us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, anywhere you can find podcasts. Have a great weekend.